Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Michael Jacobs. We believe today's message will help you walk in faith and have victory now. Now, let's go over here. Let's go over to, uh, where do I want to go? Let's go to John 8. I've got a, quite a few references, but... Uh, uh, you know, it's not going to hurt you, and you can write them down if I get going too quick, or if I just maybe, uh, what would be the word, just uh, quote them. I may not turn every place. I may just ask you to write this down. But John 8, Jesus made this comment in John 8, 31 and 32. And I'd like you to turn there with me before I get started. I'd like to, when you get that place uh, in your Bible, if you have one, you're looking it up, then look up at me, so because I'm going to pray in a minute. Before we get started, this is such, there's just something in me burning about families right now to help families. And uh, I'm not teaching this to get you. You know, if you think, well, pastor's after me, I'm going to get corrected and da da da. Well, you might get corrected, but I'm not trying to correct you, I'm trying to teach you. It's a difference. And uh, you know if you're right, or you know, you, you'll begin to know if you're right or wrong based on scriptures that we show you. And I don't care how good your family is now, I know it could be better. Uh, so, you know, I want you to come at it with an open heart and an open mind. Uh, and sometimes marriages, families have some good components and then some not so good components. In other words, sometimes, you know, people can raise wonderful children and then hate each other at home. That's pretty difficult, but, you know, some people do a lot of things. Some people have a great relationship, you know, with their children, but not so good with their mate. Some people have a great relationship with their mate, but not so good with the children. And then sometimes when families get large, then there's a lot of jealousy and envy among the siblings sometimes. And, uh, and it all came because Adam and Eve, the first attack of the devil on humans that I know of, came against Adam and Eve it came against their marriage think about that very first attack when the first shot out of the box I'm going to divide them very first thing bam I'm going to divide this couple I'm going to mess them over and now he worked on the woman but Adam he already knew what to do he was already told prior to that event there's a predator coming I could prove it out of the Hebrew but Adam didn't, he either didn't tell his wife that or he didn't do something because Timothy says that he wasn't deceived. He was not deceived. The woman was deceived. She was taken back by the, the snake. He, the snake probably walked upright at that time. Probably gorgeous to look at. I'm not sure about all that. You're not either, so just, just leave it. But I know that it enticed her because the Bible says it did. And he said to her, if you'll take this, you'll be like God. Well, they, she already was. She didn't believe it, evidently. See, a lot of things we already have, but we don't believe it, so then we get sucker punched of the devil. He tries to say, if you'll do this, this will fix that. And it doesn't fix it. It just makes it more messed up. So we're going to have to come to a place in our thinking here where we can be taught something. Just because you're a male doesn't mean you know how to be a man. Just because you can produce children, we can do that in a test tube. You know, we can have surrogates now. You know, so don't get, get our thinking. So I'm not putting anything down. I'm trying to help you see. And just because you're a woman doesn't mean you know how to be a good wife. You may know how to have babies, but you may be a bad wife. I don't know. You may be a so-so wife or you may be a great wife. And if everybody's going, praise God, I love you. And I hope you repented in the parking lot, right? <laughs> I don't think everybody's in trouble, but I think the family is under severe attack, that's what I believe. And I'm not trying to probably talk a lot about anything sexual today, but we'll get to that because sexual, the sexual thing is under tremendous attack of the devil. People don't, you know, men don't even know they're men anymore or they want to be with men and all kinds of weirdness, and I'm going to deal with all that. So when I deal with it, I can give you a promo if you want and tell you what Sunday and if you want to stay home by this CD so you don't turn red. That's all right with me. But I think you need to be here because there's going to be anointing on it. And we may do some deliverance in these series. I don't know. We may say, you know, if something I said affected you and you want ministered to, come up and 
will minister to you because sometimes there are evil spirits that get involved with people and drag them off into some way of thinking that's not right. Yeah, Dinah says if she can handle it, you can handle it. I'm not out to get anybody, but you heard if you were here recently, I told about a couple that came, a lady and told us something and I had to shut her down because it's too bizarre to even repeat. And then brought her husband in and said, what is wrong with you? You're not right. You are not right. What makes you think that is an acceptable way to treat a woman? Well, he didn't like that, of course, as I'm challenging him. And uh, he, instead of repenting and acting like he wanted to get delivered, he wanted to argue. I said, I'm not going to argue with you, but I don't want you in my church. If you're going to be that perverted, and I, I, t- I said to his face, I said, if I was your wife, I'd leave you today because you ain't right. And I don't know what else you might do. You've got two kids in your family. I won't even repeat what, he said, what, what, what I know of. And I, and I had to shut her down before she told everything. It was just too, too dramatic. Donna was there. I was, you know, she was there with me to validate what I'm saying. I put my fingers in my ears and said, stop. Enough, enough. Enough weirdness. I, I just asked a simple question. <laughs> and out all this stuff came. And I went, oh my gosh. So, you know, sometimes we just have to we have to be straight with people and we, we would love to help everybody if people were repentful and people wanted to live right and people wanted to do right. But, you know, I am a very uh, strong pastor. And if I find out that you're way out in left field and you're affecting my church or you want to work in my church, absolutely not. I will jerk you out of that authority so fast. And if need be, I'll go to the authorities and tell on you. And when we teach on that, I'll tell your children, if they know something that's really out of sync, then come tell me. We'll take care of it. We'll call the authorities or something. I mean, I never dreamed that we don't almost have to have police background check on people that want to work in our church. I know you're acting real sweetie, sweetie with me, but I, I know some things about some that I won't go into. Hopefully you repented already, but be quiet if you want. You're not going to affect me. I'm going to teach it. <clears throat> No, I, I'm, I am not going to allow predators to come in here, known predators, and, and I'm going to deal with it. And then there's opportunity to repent, get in accountability, submit to some of the ladies that I would recommend. If it's a lady, I normally assign other women that are more mature in the things of God to them and say, you got lady issues, go talk to them. They you know, have good families, good marriages. They can help you. They'll give you the word. How many agree with me? How many wish I'd never done this series? No. <laughs> Canceled your vacation to be here. Thank you, Diana, Pastor Diana. I'm not out to get anybody, just to get over that. But I do want to talk about the Word because, you know, I, just, I don't know where I was at. I was in church, but I don't ever remember much being said. I think they said, be nice, kiss your wife, buy her a flower on Valentine's, take her out to dinner once in a while. I don't know. But I don't remember much of any depth going on in that church. And uh, went to seminary, and of course they gave us a book about what it meant to be in the ministry, because you're in a glass bowl, but they didn't tell us uh, anything about, you know, families that I remember that really stood out to me back then. I've read a lot of books on families over the years, and most of them are pretty good by Christian authors. And uh, again, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the Bible's view of this. You know, we got, we got way over 50% of people get married today, get divorced. And then not only that, we got, we got prenups. You know what prenups are? I got my salary, you got your salary, never the two shall meet. Or we got a compound account where we're going to feed into it X amount percent or something, you know. I mean, what kind of covenant is that? It's not one. You might as well just slept with her. <coughs> Left 100 on the table. Stupid crazy, belligerent people, foolishness. And the, the thing that's really sad is getting in our churches the thinking and getting among people that are, not, that are carnal, not scriptural, and people think that's an acceptable way to live. Hollywood, there may be some good families here, I'm sure there are, but you know, we're not living under Hollywood's rule or some other rule. We're living under God's rule. We're, we're attempting to, doing our best to do that. Hallelujah. You're not saying enough amen for me, but... <laughs> 
Here we go. John 8, 20, uh, 31, 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue, we're not Jewish, but yet, you know, in the spirit, we say, if you continue in, in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Notice, it's knowing the truth that makes you free. You don't know it unless you participate with it. You know, that's why the Bible says Adam knew Eve. It didn't mean, hi, I'm Adam, you're Eve. No, he meant he had relations with her. They were intimate. So again, that's the same concept here. You get intimate with the Word, and you let the Word become a part of your insides, and you let yourself get in the Word, and the Word get in you, and that Word that you know, that truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from strange thinking, free from sin, free from, you know, things that are just not right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we need to understand that. There's the truth, and that's what we're attempting to preach here so we can see it. Let's go to Genesis 12, all the way back to Genesis with the, uh, Mr. Abraham here. He's called Abram at this point, but God's going to make a covenant with him. And God has made a covenant with us, of course. And uh, Genesis 12, just getting things introduced. Just stay with me. We're all right. Praise the Lord. Father, we pray for every family today to grow and mature and receive. I pray for every marriage to be helped, every, every family to be helped, every child that's wayward to come back home. I pray for the younger children that are at home that they'll be taught properly, that they'll receive the right in training and correction and, and understanding. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation on all of us during this service and all the services we teach on the family that revelation knowledge may come to us, Father, and we may walk in the light of it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now tonight I'm going to encourage you, if you have children, you need to come back. The elementary children will be in here with me and I'm teaching on children tonight. So they can see from their own Bible what the Bible teaches about, you know, raising children. We may not got everything taught in one lesson, but that's tonight we're talking about children. Right now I'm talking about, in just a minute, I'm going to talk about what we should understand happened when Adam sinned, and secondly, what to look for in a mate. Now I'm not talking to you if you're already married, you have one. But if you're single or you're divorced or whatever or widowed or whatever and you want to have a mate, then we got to find out some things that would be appropriate to think about. And I like to say it this way, what are you bringing to the table? Kind of a selfish concept if you're only thinking what he's bringing or she's bringing. How about you? What are you bringing to the table as a, as a candidate? All right. But here we are in Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Let's re let me read this to you. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee, in Abraham, shall all families of the earth be blessed. Notice that all families of the earth be blessed. Now we know from, we don't have time to, in Galatians, you could read it later, chapter 3 I think it is, talking about the covenant in chapter 4, that we're in Abraham, you know, and we're in Christ, but we're also in this covenant. So notice here, in thee, in Abraham, in that covenant, shall all families of the earth be blessed. You have a right to be blessed. You have a right to have the blessing or the divine favor of God on your marriage and in your family. You shouldn't be like everybody else. We shouldn't be like every other family. That's, You know, we're going to be challenged sometimes. We're going to have opportunity to have issues, but we should know how to deal with it. Amen. How many would agree to that? Amen. All right. Let's go over here to Acts chapter 10 and look at a verse here or two, just real quick, and then I'm going to get into some other things that I want to say this morning. And I appreciate you being here. I'm thankful that you're here. Uh, I, I don't know why. I think I was at church, you know, from 5 to 15 when I was a younger man, a young boy, and then a young man. And, and, and I just didn't remember any in-depth teaching on this subject. I'm just shocked as I thought back. Uh, here in Acts 10, verse 1 and 10, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man. Look at verse 2 carefully. A devout man 
and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. Well, here's the key to this man and all of his house. He was a devout man. And I want to say to all the men before I get any further in this, a lot of it keys off of you. I didn't say a church attender. I didn't say a tither. Well, that would be part of it because it sows here a devout man gives. But still yet a devout man, one that considers the things of God reverently, one that considers the word of God as precious, one that wants to do his part to lead his family. Now, you know, if you've got a rebellious wife, then that's another deal. You, there's going to have to be some straightening out there. And if your children, depending on what age they are, you may have some issues with the older ones if you haven't lived that way. But uh, we're supposed to be lifting up a standard. I am as your pastor, but the man is a key a lot of times to families. Amen. Hallelujah. He had a prayer life. He feared God. He reverenced God. That's what that means. He was a giver and he prayed a lot. And you know, that's what it's going to take for us men to be the men that God wants us to be. I'm not, I'm not hammering the men, but I'm just saying if you're a man and maybe you're a single man, well, there's going to be responsibility when you get married. And uh, you're going to have to understand those things. Now, thinking about this, let's go to 1 Corinthians 7. I want to point out something because there, I have a lot of ladies in my church whose husbands do not come for whatever reasons. And a couple of men that come without their wives and whatever reasons. And I want to deal with something here because you could feel you're uncovered if your husband isn't here and he's not in agreement. I mean, you know, I don't know how he'd be in agreement if he doesn't come to the same church. And, uh, <clears throat> but uh, I want to point out something to you about your children, ladies. And maybe if you're a man, your wife's not right. I don't know. Maybe she don't live for God. See, I'm not talking about church attendance. I'm talking about somebody goes home and you, you catch your wife praying. You ever catch your wife? Do you ever catch your wife praying? Do you think she does pray? I'm not picking on the ladies. Just back it up a minute. <laughs> does she ever read her Bible? Do you ever see her read her Bible? Has she ever got anything marked in that thing? I'm just questioning. I'm just asking some questions. You ever see your husband read the Bible? Well, he comes to church. Well, good for that. I'm thankful he's here. But see, what are you going to do if you have a mate that's not on the same wave with you, not same page with you? It doesn't mean we all have to be at the same level of faith or even, let me put it another way that you can get it, same level of spirituality. Now, you've got to guard yourself on what I'm going to say here. You know, that was some of the problems some earlier with the woman's aglow and the full gospel businessmen. Sometimes the men felt they were superior. and Sometimes the women felt they were more spiritual. But the thing, thing is, we just got to get in agreement. Overall, I'd say women tend to be a little more sensitive to God than men, but that doesn't mean they're do right either. Just talking as a pastor after 35, 36 years. They got issues too sometimes. And so we're just talking here though. What are you going to do though if your husband or your wife you know, can't get in agreement with you? Well, you're going to have to carry the load. But let me show you something that will encourage you here. Are you still here or did you shut me down? 1 Corinthians seven fourteen. For the unbelieving husband, didn't say the unchurched husband, the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. In other words, you could one, one or the other could set your kids apart through their prayer life. I'll talk a little tonight about that more, marking your children. And, and, and causing your children to be clean and have access to God, even though sometimes the other mate is not maybe functioning in some things fully. Amen. Now in the situation I mentioned earlier about this couple... I mean, they're in trouble. They're in trouble because of what they're permitting and they're in trouble because that spirit will get on those kids because they're in that home where that's occurring. See, you get something by precept. You know, sometimes people can teach you out of the Bible really good. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. We make good notes. But see, you also get something from the person. Impartations are by precept and example. 
So sometimes I've had to learn the hard way as a pastor, you could give me the right answer and be not right. Because I've taught you the right answer and you know that's what I want you to say and you, got it, you know where it's at in your Bible, but you don't do it. So just to have the right answer out of the Bible doesn't do anything. You have to live it. You have to walk in it. <clears throat> but the, what, the one that is the believing one, see it didn't say that maybe they go to church, but they don't believe much. So you, could, you pray for your children, either husband or wife, and you set your kids apart for God to minister and your grandkids and so forth. And then it goes on to say in verse 15, but if the unbelieving depart, let him depart or her, a brother or a sister. So it's either or. Is not under bondage in such cases, but God's called us to peace. See, what I'm showing you here in the marriage, the main thing God's after in your marriage is one word, peace. You're going to have to ask, answer that for yourself. and don't have to answer out loud. But if you don't have peace about your marriage, there's problems while we're sitting here today. If it, it don't seem exciting to go home with your mate, there's problems. If you don't talk to each other much about anything except bills, there's problems. All right, I know, I know we're going to be quiet. That's all right, I can handle it. I'm just trying to help you here a minute. You know, you know, in the beginning, let's go back over here to the beginning in Genesis chapter 2. I'm trying to get this out. And you're being patient with me. I appreciate it. I'm trying to get some things out. And I, by the way, I'm going to have some notes, the stuff I'm talking about today. I'll have that printed out for you by next Sunday. All right, I'll give you a handout. So don't get frustrated if you're writing and I... I'm, I'm talking fast to get it in because I only got 20 more minutes. That don't, I don't want you to be frustrated. We'll get Donna or Arlene, somebody on staff, they'll help me. And we'll put some notes together for you because I'm going to rattle off a lot of things in a minute. But here he made Adam put him in the garden. And by the way, it's interesting here. He gave Adam a job before he gave him a woman. I know some of you have been irritated at me because I say sometimes young couples come to me, they don't even have a job. I say, well, what are you going to do for money? And what about your character? That you're lazy. See, and people act like I'm, a, I'm hardcore. I'm hardcore? God's hardcore. Don't tell me. The guy had a job before he had a wife. Put him in the garden to dress it and keep it. That's his job responsibility. But then he looked around, God figured it out, of course God would, and he said in verse 18, the Lord God said, it's not good that a man should be alone. Amen. Now you could be married and still be alone. I mean, some men have told me that. I'm married, but pastor, it isn't very good, and I'm, I don't, can't, we're not friends, we don't make love very much. We but what you got is a royal mess. And then people who don't know that, then sometimes people want to be quick to jump in and blame that wife or that husband because they committed adultery or got caught up with pornography or something. Shame on you. We'll get to that when we talk about sex, but I thought I'd insert it right there because you seem like you're open for that. You're not taking care of business at home? Somebody else can. Now, our, from our part of it, you know, as a person... Uh, husband wife we should be guarded about what we allow ourselves to think what we allow ourselves to do I'm going to go ahead and finish this comment but see that still doesn't give us permission but sometimes you push people into stuff practically I know that's not a popular thought but it's in the Bible I can show you as we get into it further later it says the Lord God said it's not good that a man should be alone I'll make him a help that's meat for him or that is applicable to him or that really it says a person like himself is another human being is what he's trying to say. And it goes on and tells about how he took the cell out of uh, Adam and created the woman, brought her back and he said, wow, man. <laughs> wow, man. Wow, man. Okay. <laughs> and verse 25, they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. We'll just move out of that real quick. But... Now, uh, let's talk about what the reason we need restoration. People say, well, I don't understand why you talk about all this stuff. You talk about it publicly. Well, let me, let me ask you. When God created man and woman, up to, up to the end of chapter 2, everything's great. 
But then Satan gets in there and we see a deterioration immediately. I'm going to give you some examples in a minute. And, and I went back and checked out through the book of Genesis. I was staggered by the amount of dysfunctional families. And because Satan got involved, then everything got perverted. And by chapter 6 of Genesis, God said he was sorry he even made man. Of course, he loves us and he loves Adam and Eve, you know, and he was willing to work with those who'd work with him. Noah helped some, but Abraham really helped some. And one of the outstanding characteristics of Abraham is he commanded his children and he taught his family right. He commanded his children. Now, I'm speaking to somebody today, some of you dads. I know you feel like, you know, well, I'm just not aggressive like somebody else. No, but you need to be the father. You need to be the father. Maybe your wife's rebellious, but your kids will watch you and listen to you if you'll live it right. Now, I know there's two extremes here. There's a timeout group that I despise because I can't find timeout in the Bible. But on the other hand, there's abuse over here, and of course the media pumps that into us through the TV all the time. Somebody does something bizarre, like put a kid in a dog cage and keep him, you know, stupid stuff. While they ought to be arrested. I got a better idea for it, but I can't say it publicly. Anyway, praise the Lord. And, uh, and the kids ought to come out of that and be taken away from those kind of parents. But there is a scriptural ground in between to discipline your children correctly. We'll talk about that when we get to children. I'm just trying to talk to you about when the devil got involved, everything got askew. And for example, first of all, there was disrespect after Adam and Eve fell disrespect for and rebellion against parental authority. And, and, and I'm not going to turn to all these passages. I want to give you a few, though. Genesis 9, 20 through 27, uh, you know, Ham, which was one of Noah's sons, when he came into his tent and saw his dad naked, he, he, he didn't cover him up. And he went out and told the other brothers about it, and they walked in backwards with a garment over, and when they saw his feet, they dropped the blanket and walked back out. See, there was disrespect here, rebellion. Has anybody listened to me? Yes, Genesis 31, Rachel, she rebelled against her father Laban by stealing the household idols in Genesis 31. And then she lied about it and, uh, you know, sitting on a camel saying it was that time of the month so she couldn't get up. She became a thief and she stole from her old household. Reuben insulted God and his father by lying with the father Jacob's concubines. That's in Genesis 35. Of course, he shouldn't have had concubines, but he did, and his, this, this kid slept with them, and everybody knew it. Let me, let me go a little further. Hatred and envy among family members became common after Adam and Eve fell. First of all, Cain killed Abel over jealousy. Because God accepted Abel's offering but didn't accept his. That's in Genesis 4. Esau bore a grudge against Jacob because Esau sold his birthright to him for some soup. That's in Genesis 25 and 27. Joseph, remember he was the youngest of Jacob's children and he kind of favored him but his brothers were jealous of him because he had a dream and said that they would all bow down to him. That's in Genesis 37. See, we're seeing the family go, go dysfunctional. This is my point. And then we have improper relationships in marriage. First of all, Lamech, or Lamech in Genesis 4 committed polygamy by taking two wives. Now, God never told him to do that. And in the beginning, God created male and female. One male, one female. How many are listening to me? And the sons of God took whomever they pleased of the daughters of men in Genesis 6. I personally believe those were fallen angels that came and cohabitated with women and then their children became the giants we see in the book of Genesis. I haven't got time to go down that trail with you. If you've never heard that before, just shelf it. Lot drank wine and committed incest with his two daughters in Genesis 19. See, just people out of control. This is just all in the, primarily in the book of Genesis here I'm showing you. Self-centeredness and dishonesty in marriage 
both Abraham and Isaac said that their wives were their sisters because they were good-looking women and to protect themselves because they got, you know, came into somebody else's territory and felt for sure that they would kill them and take their wives and so forth. But by doing that, they exposed their wives to adulterous situations. These men were kings. They had authority. I like her, bring her to my bedchamber tonight and whatever. That's just the way they thought back then. So by saying this is my sister, not my wife, they exposed their wives to that danger from foreign kings. Then a lack of respect and love for children on the part of their parents. How about Lot? That, you know, he just, he got away from his man of God and became a pervert. He offered his two virgin daughters to the city of Sodomites in Genesis. I'm sorry if I'm making you feel a little disturbed, but listen to me. I'm trying to help you here. This is just a partial list. And then Laban, who was a crook, he, Jacob's uncle gave him at the first the opposite daughter, the one he thought was homely that wasn't, he wasn't going to ever get rid of to trick Jacob. And then he gave her the other, he gave her the other one later. But uh, we see he and right. Husbands and wives with divided interest. Here we got Lot's wife turned back to look back at Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19. Then Isaac, he loved his son Esau whereas Rebekah loved Jacob, Genesis 25. You know, we should, there should never be no partiality. I hope to God my kids know I love them both and their, their, their mates. They're all unique, all four of them. I don't love any above the others. I'm just telling you that. And I don't love any of you above anybody else. Now you could you know, get my disapproval, of course, or my approval depending on how you live and act and what I know, but I love you. If you're in this church, I love you and I'm praying for you every day. But I'm, in your family, there should never be that bickering that you like him more than him or you like her more than her. What's that, where's that coming from? Or much less, how about brothers and sisters? Yeah, you can see it a lot of times at the funerals when I do funerals. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. Wives usurping the authorities, the husband's authority through deceptive means. How about this one? Rebecca disguised her son Jacob to look and feel like Esau to deceive her husband. Man, these people just whacked. This is just a partial list. I'm going to get into some more favorable stuff eventually. And then uh, unfaithfulness between husbands and wives. How about Potiphar's wife? Here's a lady, a lot of money, a lot of clout, a lot of influence. You know, Potiphar was a big-time general kind of deal with, you know, under Pharaoh. But she had an eye for other men. And she started coming on to Joseph, you know. And, of course, she lied, ripped her dress, said he tried to rape me or whatever, and all of that. How about a lack of proper parental discipline of children? Eli, the priest, didn't rebuke his sons for their sins of immorality and injustice, 1 Samuel 3. And, of course, they ended up dying. I mean, the people said, his kids are a joke. See, these are these, because parents didn't take the incentive to straighten out their children. See, you know, you're not your child's friend, you're the parent. I didn't say we beat our kids. I'm not teaching that. But I'm saying we have to bring correction, and we need to show our children disapproval when their behavior and their talk warrants that. I made my mind up a long time ago that I was going to do my best to raise my kids. I'm sure I made mistakes, but I told them both, and you're in my home, you do what I say. This is the way it is. And you, you, you feel like you want to challenge that? We can go to the backyard anytime you want. Now, I'm serious. Now, you may think I'm just spouting off and being a blowhard and just talking and blowing out air. I'm telling you. And when it came to the state people or anybody else, they're going to have to go through me if they want to challenge me. I'm not going to put up with it. Or any of you either, as far as that goes. These are my kids. I have a responsibility to raise them right. I was not mean, but I was firm. And when somebody got around them that I didn't like, I made it known to them to their face. I don't like that boy. Don't bring him around. Don't date him. Don't sneak around. Go try to see him. If I find out, you're in big trouble. Amen. Same with Jordan. He had a little girl tried to 
follow him around and she came to my house and said, you're not welcome here, goodbye, I shut the door. Then I went and told him, I don't like that girl, I don't want to see her around my house, I don't want to ever have anything, you to have anything to do with her. Can you do that? I did. Now he could have snuck off and whatever, I don't know what all my kids did and not in my presence, but as far as what I knew of and what I dealt with, I dealt with things. And my, mom, my wife is stronger than me in some of these things. I mean, she was, she was, okay, kids, smile a little bit down in the front row. No, we're not being hard. We just wanted to raise them right. Of course, my kids, like, you know, if you're a preacher's kids, everybody expects my kids to be perfect. Well, they're not. Neither are your kids. And I mean, some people get mad when we deal with stuff. I mean, one lady in my church, her and her husband, you know, I, I said to him, them, I brought them in. I said, you know, you need to be the parent. Your son is out of control. And so I began to ask some questions. How do you discipline him at home? Oh, we have time out. You have time out. What does he have in his room? What, what access does he have? Well, he's got a computer. He's got a TV. He's got a phone. I said, jerk him out of the wall. Put them in your garage. Lock them up. You need to discipline your son. Your son is, is out of control. I'm telling you as a man of God, your son's going to end up in the penitentiary if you don't do something with him. Five years later, he went to prison. No, I wasn't prophesying that in a negative way. I saw a pattern in his life. Then I realized the father wasn't right. And the mother was too tender. We do timeouts. We don't do spanky. I said, we'll take away his privileges. Maybe that'll speak to him. See, you know, be led of the Spirit, but something will work with your kid if you'll be in the parent mode. You can have fun with your kids and do things with them. I tried to do things with my kids. I still do and my grandkids, but we're still in authority. How many? You're not very happy about it, but... No, you have to have responsibility to be a parent. You can have sex and produce a child, but you have to have responsibility and grow up to be a parent. I'm not down on your children. I'm trying to help you with how to... We're talking about all the things that happened. How about Samuel, the prophet? He didn't raise his sons properly. Instead, his sons turned aside to dishonest gain, bribes, and perversions of justice. 1 Samuel 8. Man, just a lot of things happened, didn't they? All right. Well, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to go to the Word. We're going to find out what the Word says. Find out what the Word says. Let's talk for just a minute here. I, I take a minute or two more. What, what we should look for, what should we look for or look out for about a mate? Again, I'll have this typed up next week. Realize that every date that a person goes on is a potential mate. Every date, somebody you date, take out on a date, that could be a potential mate. You know, if the, whatever we call that, the psychological chemistry, the emotional whatever. I'm not even talking about sex. I'm just talking about natural things and stuff. If that all fits, then that person could begin to go down a trail that that individual becomes their husband or wife eventually. So we have to understand that, what to look for or look out for. Every date is a potential mate. How about your person you're thinking about married? Here's some things I wrote down that were important, I thought, to me for, to convey to you. How about any vision? Do they have any vision of their future? Or are they just interested in kissy face huggy bear? You know, that has its place. You know what kissy face huggy bear is or do I need to spell that out? You, I think everybody knows what. Some, some person said to me a while back, I, I don't in privacy. They said, well, I don't know where to cut off my affections. I said, don't let it start. If you don't know where to cut it off, then the other person will take advantage. So I just wouldn't go down that trail. You, that's what that kissy face huggy bear leads to. So how about a vision? Is it, does this person that you want to live your life with the next 50, 60 years, do they have any vision to do anything at all? How about any skill? or at least getting some training, or at least talking about going to a school. Maybe they're not going to be a rocket scientist or a nuclear physicist, but how about Ivy Tech? And how about, did they finish high school, or do they have any desire to get a GED? 
All right, you're not, it's all right. Any, how about this one? Any consistent job or desire? Well, now he's had five jobs in the last five years. I'd say he's not a very good quality person. He can't, he can't stay put. No, it's one thing when you're starting, you're willing to do anything, and it may not last. It may be a seasonal job. It might be other factors. But if somebody's always complaining about who they work for, who they work with, all the time, that's going to last their whole life unless they get saved and delivered. And <laughs> Honey, you go to work. Honey, you know you go to work. <laughs> Let's go to mom's. Okay. <laughs> 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 no, it takes you time to get figured out what you want to do in life. I understand that. You understand what I'm saying. But is there any consistency there? How about any diligence in their life concerning anything? I don't have this written down, but how about good hygiene? How about brushing your teeth, combing your hair, taking a shower, putting on a different pair of blue jeans? Take that funky t-shirt off, baby. You've been wearing it for four months. It'll stand up by itself. Oh, my goodness. Here's the one that always gets me. Always talking big about what they're going to do, but little, if anything, ever happens. How about this? Bills. Do they have any? What about a credit report on them? What about a background check on them? I mean, we just heard of a guy pretending to be a doctor in real life on TV recently and ended up murdering his wife, and he was never even a doctor. And had three or four kids by her. <laughs> and then started having her have cosmetic surgery. I could get off in that, but I... And then killed her medically, you know, with pharmaceutical drugs. And they're still trying to prove it. And then went to jail for some other charges. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's see where I'm at. How about past problems? Do they have any past problems? If, it, if, if they had problems in the past, what were they? You know, when I bring people in for premarital counseling, we deal with a lot of issues. But one thing I always talk about to them about, I said, I hope you two have talked about any previous partners you've already had. Because it's going to be a bombshell if you've got a disease or you just didn't tell. You thought you'd just neglect telling that person you've been with three other people and then a year later into your marriage you tell them that and they're pregnant and they can't handle that. So then that, there's a fizzled family and you not only messed your life up and his life up, what about the baby's life up or vice versa? How about current problems? We're not a problem hunter. We're just saying, if you're going to get married to somebody, you ought to understand them pretty much. How about this? How do they treat their parents? How about this? How do they treat their pastor? Any of you want to get married to somebody in church, come and ask me how they treat me. I'll tell you. Or just observe them. How about their employer? I told somebody a while back, I said, I don't know what you're thinking. You're going to have to be in submission to somebody the rest of your life. <laughs> if you don't like me, that's fine. Then go on, do so whatever you want to do. But listen, you're going to be married. You have to be submitted to one another. If you're going to work for somebody, you have to do what they ask you. As long as, it, I always say, if it's not unethical, immoral, or illegal, what's your problem? How do they treat their parents, their pastor, or an employer? Are they grateful or do they complain about these authority figures in their life? Remember Obi-Wan Kenobi? Remember Darth Vader when he was littler and younger? I forget what, what session that was, that movie. But he told somebody, he said, well, he doesn't, he doesn't understand how important I am. I've got it all together. He's holding me back. That's what he said about Obi-Wan. It was Darth Vader talking. Holding me back. He's holding me back. Some of you will thank me someday for this series. I know you will. <laughs> How about this? Do they have integrity? I'm going to have all this written out for you next week. Do they keep their word? Are they just always saying, I'm going to do this and never do any of it? Do they help others when they can? Are they tithers? Are they offering givers? Are they consistent with church attendance? Or do they just come when it's convenient? 
Do they have any hunger to grow spiritually? And furthermore, can you see any fruit? <laughs> oh, I love the Lord, Pastor. I love the Lord. Well, let's have some fruit. See, we, we, okay. What you need to bring and maintain into your marriage. Here's a, a little previous lit, brief list and I'm about done. Word time. You need to marry somebody that's going to spend some time in the word. You need to marry somebody that has a prayer life. It may be feeble. It may be strong. It may be medium strong. But at least they're communicating with God every day. How about a worshiper? When, they, when you bring them to church, if you, and hopefully you don't, you, you go out somewhere in the community and drag somebody in here. And I'm going to say this. If you bring your boyfriend here, you young ladies, and he don't like me, we already know what he's after. He, well, I, 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 can't, I can't receive him, Pastor Jacobs. Or, or I don't like the way he preaches. And you ought to dump him like a hot potato. And vice versa. But if they come to church with you and they, they, they stand like this and praise and worship, you know, and you're up here dancing and, and they're going. Well, you ought to get a clue. <laughs> and, and then another thing, you ought to have some money. A little. And then how about this, bringing into your marriage a sound mind, a sound mental and emotional health. That's real important. You know, some people get married because they kiss good. He looks good with his tan, with his gold chain, his hairy chest, his <laughs> Calvin Klein jeans that are so tight you can... Anyway. And then you get married and he ain't right. He wants to sit home and go to Blockbuster all the time and get movies. That's all he's interested in. Well, he ain't right. His, his mental health, his emotional health. What about her mental health? <laughs> How about a scriptural understanding of sexual matters? I mean, we, we, we need to marry somebody that understands that, not somebody that's been out watching porno and expects you to perform. See, you, you, you came too late to tell me not to say that. I've been in the ministry too long. And that's just the ones, a few that I know about. I know other things by the Holy Ghost sometimes. <clears throat> and then... Uh, so I tell people, I give them some notes. We talk about it briefly. I mean, I'm not trying to look under every rock and what with them, but I say you need to understand that and you should be talking to each other before, you know, if you're thinking about marrying this person, you ought to talk about some of these issues. You want children. You know, it may not work exactly like you thought, but still yet, do you want children? Are we going to have babies? I want children, da, 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 and so forth and so on. Work on yourself first, not always trying to figure, uh, not, not always trying to find. You know, if you work on yourself, somebody will find you, girls. It says, he that findeth. So somebody's looking for the right kind of woman, you just got to be that. Well, nobody likes me. Well, work on yourself a little. Are you kind? Are you polite? Are you friendly? Do you, your hair combed? Teeth brushed, deodorant. <laughs> That's as far as I'm going. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. As you qualify yourself, male or female, listen to me as you qualify yourself. Because see, see, I know some of you, you thought, well, I was going to marry her, I was going to marry him, and they married somebody else. Well, I know you got hurt over it, but don't let that destroy your life. Learn to qualify to be somebody that they would look to. Man, that'd be a great catch. That'd be a wonderful person. He's got integrity. He loves God. He's excited about the things of God. Uh, when I'm around him, he don't tell off-color jokes. He doesn't want me to go drink with him. He don't want me to go to the bedroom or the back seat. And I'm just trying to help everybody here. You can like me or dislike me, but I'm right, whatever you do. Yeah. If you qualify yourself, this is what I wrote down, God will provide. Look for your parents' approval. And then look for your pastor's approval. Now, you know, some parents, though, are not right. Because, you know, sometimes you can get like that. I've seen that in families. And I know I'm over at 1 o'clock, but just sit a minute. I'm just about done. But sometimes parents are so, 
I, they're, they're, they remind me of people that are so, uh, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Like when I was younger, you know, you get so, uh, everything's got to be exactly right or you're not going to like that person. Come on, yeah, perfection. Hey, Amen. cut some slack here. You know, I know we say, well, we don't want to give our daughter away. We don't want to give our son away. Well, now, wait a minute. Let's, let's look at the other person a little bit, too, and not be prejudiced. You know, let me say this to all of you that are over 40. You were young once. You weren't so smart. You didn't have a lot of money. You made some silly decisions. You bought the right, wrong truck. You just... Bought the wrong couch. We, we worked through a lot of that stuff when we were younger. We thought we were doing best, but looking back, I can see we, I'm, I'm just glad. Now, you know, I told you about my father-in-law confronting me about wanting to move to Louisville to do the Lord's will. That was a little different. But still, yet from his perspective, he thought I'd lost my mind. But when God proved it out over two or three years later, how God took care of us supernatural, he finally called me and said, you know, you were right. I said, thank you, Lee. I appreciate hearing you say that. I, I love you. And he said, I know you do, and I appreciate it. I'm sorry I gave you a hard time. I said, that's all right. So look for your parents' approval and look for your pastor's approval. Now, it might come down through there some way, even in a church like this. I hope it doesn't, but, you know, I may be approving of something you don't approve of as parents. Then you have to decide whether you respect me enough to flow with it or you hate me because I did it, or that's your decision. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <clears throat> Anyway, praise the Lord. We're just talking here about some things. We'll have that all typed out for you. <laughs> all the can of worms I opened up, Diana. <laughs> Stand up with me a minute, will you? Thank you for joining us today. To view Dr. Jacob's travel itinerary, order products, and more, please visit cotrin.org slash mjm.